time to join Andrew Dembina for I'm always quite excited to hear what he's got to say. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Hello, good afternoon, Sadia. And how are you today? So have you got some uh, some lovely morsels for me today? I then? do. I do, yes, yes. Not not bad here, thanks. Excuse me if I if I cough a little bit. Um now and then I've got a bit of a cold. A warning in case there are the odd uh, bits of kind of uh, unwanted noise between words. But okay. <laughs> I'll kick off, though, yeah, with um, the um, it's time once again for one of the big guides on Hong Kong and Macau food. Tomorrow will be the launch of uh, the Michelin Guide Hong Kong and Macau 2022. And it is always making a habit to promote itself in advance by releasing either, sometimes they will an, uh, announce one or two of the entries. This time they've announced who are the entries that they call Bib Gourmand eateries. Not not sure if you're familiar with this. Have, mm. you, have you heard of these? Mm. They are, no. well, I'll explain. They are budget-friendly establishments oh, in I, Hong Kong and Macau. I like that. And the, Yes, yeah, yeah. The idea is, and they've been, they've actually been um, doing this uh, internationally for about five or so years, and uh, this is about the third time possibly in Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong and Macau, that it's been launched. And uh, last year, for example, there were 63 in total. It's expanded this year to um, just over 70, uh, 64 of which are in Hong Kong. The rest are in Macau. And um, so they gave away uh, a couple of days ago the whole list of Bib Gourmand places where the criteria is that you should be able to get three courses per person for under 400 Hong Kong dollars, mm. three courses. So if you think about it, um, most of the Michelin uh, guide uh, restaurants are the kind of one to two thousand Hong Kong yeah, dollar per yeah. person, fine dining, um, which for a lot of people means, um, you know, either special occasion or wanting to try something new and, ha and treat themselves, have a bit of a treat. Mm. But, but in this case, um, the... The, uh, they were all over Hong Kong. Let's look at the Hong Kong ones. They were in every corner of the territory, which is great, covering all bases. It's not just downtown. It's not the predictable entries of, uh, of, of let's say, Central Admiralty, Chim Sa Choi, etc., which is uh, where most of the Michelin Guide entries are, although not exclusively so. Um, and there were seven brand-new eateries in the Bib Gourmand category in Hong Kong. I'm going to just have a look at those in a moment, but before that, mention that two or three of them slid off, and there were various reasons why ones that were Bib Gourmand last year didn't make it this year. Not always because they weren't up to the um, up to scratch in terms of quality of food, but uh, because their pricing edged them above the four hundred dollar a mark thing. Just that's the uh, the mentality be behind these mm -hmm. listings. So. Um, so we have uh, seven new ones, and uh, I won't go through details of them all, but the first one is uh, in Chung Kwan O. It's a restaurant that has been in Hong Kong for decades, and it used to be. Uh, in fact, it's 70 years old. It's a Chu Chow restaurant that used to be in Chung Wan, and maybe for economic rent-paying reasons, it then moved to Lohas Park in uh, Chung Kwan O, and it's called uh, Chan Kan Ki Chu Chow Restaurant, and it's best known for its uh, marinated goose and, uh, and also for its cold uh, 
uh, grilled fish dishes, as a lot of Chu Chow restaurants are. Not uh, uh, you're, you're a foodie, so oh, I'm, I am. I do you like Chu Chow cuisine? Well, is, I don't know about you know that, much? but certainly about marinated okay. goose. I was just talking yeah. to my soundbite guy who who told me that that was his top favorite food. So I'm taking ah. notes as you speak, okay. Andrew, because yeah. uh, this sounds great. A great well, opportunity. If you go, uh, can I just say, if you're going to go to Chung mm. um then um, make sure you have a look around. It's the only velodrome in Hong Kong. Well, mm. I'm, I'm no cyclist, but it's an indoor cycling oh. um, arena, which is really impressive. Anyone is allowed to step in and have a look. It's the sort of thing that you see on the Olympics, where they're going around oh, wow. with raised 45-degree angle um, in, a, in an oval uh, or with with wooden flooring, it's quite a feat of engineering. It's for it's it's where Hong Kong's uh, professional uh, um, yeah cycling athletes. I train. might need that after the goose, you know. Uh, I think <laughs> so. Yeah, once if they rent out bikes, I check that out. I think I think balancing on a forty five degree angle would be <laughs> the hardest thing for me. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've well, got that first so, restaurant there. I've got yeah. minutes, Yes. Well, okay. Next. Um, is uh, one that is in Taiwan, so up, right up in the New Territories, a restaurant called uh, Taiwan Dining Room. Likes to it likes to represent the area by the sound of its name, mm-hmm. and it really is traditional Cantonese food across the repertoire, but with contemporary twists. So it adds some international ingredients to some of its dishes, such as. Um, you would find things like um, truffle oil and cheese on its steamed uh, crab, which Ooh. with the steamed crab still has cut scallions mm. and minced garlic, but mm. it goes a little further. And this is right up in Taiwan. You know, you wouldn't expect mm. a pretty sort Sounds of uh, very northern New Territories. Uh, next up, Yun Long, sticking with the New Territories. Oh, yeah. There are two restaurants in Yun Long mm-hmm. out of the seven new entries. And I do love this, that it's um, not, I know I've said it already, but it's not just going for the predictable yeah, downtown neighbourhood. central ones, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what does Tin Hung do? There's another Tin one that Hung. you and your son may enjoy. It's Cantonese roast meat, very traditional. Um, so nothing too um, kind of contemporary take on that. Next one is uh, also in New Long with a very unusual name called Both, B-O-T-H, Street. Both Street. Okay. And it does something that's been a bit of a trend for a while globally, including Hong Kong, which is serving gua bao. That's the bao, it's the long, thin bao sandwiches or buns, steamed white buns, filled. And they do have traditional ingredients, but they also have creative combinations which again go a bit east and west in the uh, in the mix and that's in Yun Long uh, and then uh, next one is a Taiwanese the only Taiwanese Ooh. entry uh, okay. which is called Ding Bar Street Food and it's a slightly elevated take on Taiwanese street food with a with a native Taiwanese chef and owner uh, it, it, it serves up snacks like crispy oyster omelette and pancake rolls and braised uh, minced pork rice. And mm. that is in Choi Hung, which mm-hmm. is a bit more accessible for some. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, finally, uh, one which is a bit more accessible for some, especially those living in Kowloon. It's in Hong Ham, Sadia. Oh, good. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it's Moon Tong Lok, and it does its signature dish is a sticky rice roll, which are made to order, so they're not sitting around. Mm. And they have different fillings or stuffings, and they're then cut in half, including vegetarian and 
meaty options and it makes its own homemade savoury soy milk. So it's a salty soy oh. milk um, and also does um, something, well, it's other well-known and liked dishes, a hot and sour soup. Sounds hot good. and sour soup. A funny thing, you see that on a lot of overseas Chinese mm. uh, menus. You don't see it so much, not yeah, so much yeah. in Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, there Ming you go. Tong That's some of the... Right, I should yeah. keep that. I've, I've noted yeah. all of them down. And I'll okay. have to go and check them out. Excellent, excellent. Sorry, I just missed. I missed one out. I thought I might have done too yeah, many there, but I've I will got mention six them. Here, actually. Yes, yes, yeah. I will mention one more then, if that's okay, because yeah, yeah. they make their own bean curd. They're not the only restaurant to do so by any means, but mm. it's a well-known tofu shop in Shamshui Po, so in Kowloon again, okay. and it's called the um, it's called the Kong C sorry K U N G Kong Wo W O. Uh-huh. Bean Curd Factory, and um, named after its factory because it does it does actually sell on some of its tofu and uh, soya milk that it makes and its um, dalfu fa the soft uh, flour tofu pudding, uh-huh. and those are its main favourite dishes in there. Uh, almost everyone that go there has its desserts: the, the tofu, the dalfu fa pudding. Uh, and it also sells um, tofu puffs. That's the deep fried, crispy. Oh yeah, skin. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, which can be, of course, braised with uh, with other fillings so that it's not crispy anymore, but it's still that mm. flavorful skin. So which so one do you fancy th- then, Andrew? Which one out of you those know, do you kind of go a, for? It's a good. It's a good question. You know what? I, it's not just because it's the last one and fresh in my mind, but I really do like the idea of having tofu in so many different ways. It's not something that I uh, eat every week, but I do try to sometimes uh, eat uh, bean curd or Mm, tofu mm, instead of meat. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it is, it is, and it's full of protein. um, So I I think when you're getting the stuff that is made, I would like to think that if it's getting a Michelin star review that they've checked into it a little more thoroughly. I can't say this for sure, though, and that hopefully there aren't too many additives they're made fre- it's made fresh from the factory, and I like the sound of that as well. Wow. So what about you from the list that well, you... Well, I'm certainly you... going to try the one that is in my area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. So the right. Moon Tong Lok, Lok, wasn't it, that one? Mm-hmm. I'll try that. And the tofu one sounds appealing too, because I know my, my husband tends to go for more vegetarian stuff, and that sounds wow. nice. That sounds quite sort of fresh. and Yes, and that the goose. Good. The yeah. goose, no matter what, I would go for. There are lots of them that sound pretty good. You know, the Thai Wai dining room, I quite like yeah, the idea yeah. of the steamed seafood. Yeah, with, um, oh, you know, lovely. With yes, some, the with crab you tape. mentioned. Yeah, yes. yeah mm. that does sound rather good. Cool. Um, have to find an excuse to get up to Thai Wai from <laughs> one of the outlying islands on which I live. It's like going right across Hong Kong to do that. Well, OK, so that's, that's that segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is that, uh, that more of an international story. Uh, well, it's actually an American story. So, mm. arguably, the most well-known soft drink maker or company in the world is about to co-release an alcoholic drink this year Mm. and i'm talking of course about Mm -hmm. coca-cola one of the largest uh, u.s producers of soft drink of course and the world in fact uh, is about to go into collaboration with one of the usa's uh, biggest producers and importers of alcoholic drinks into the United States, and they're called Constellation Brands. They're both teaming up together to release a spirits-based uh, cocktail 
pre-made in can and bottle Mm -hmm. under a label that Coca-Cola already puts out in the US, but it doesn't sound familiar to me, this one. I don't think I've seen it in Hong Kong. Fresca. Have you heard of that? Fresca soda brand? No, no, no. No, nor have I. Um, But apparently it's massive in the USA, according to a Bloomberg report where I got Mm. this story from just over a week ago. And they say that the non-alcoholic beverage manufacturers, not just Coca-Cola, are diversifying to include some alcoholic um, drinks with other other companies because there is such a surge globally, but, but led by the USA, for something that is called hard seltzer i don't know if we i don't think we've discussed this before no, i mentioned that to no. noreen uh-huh. hard seltzer is the uh, american phrase used for what in the uk would be called alco pops i was just going to say the alco pops yeah. were quite popular in the uk yeah, yeah that's it it's the same thing oh. different language <laughs> but, but it's a, so it's a, basically for those not familiar with it it's a sweet drink often based on a soda that has a certain amount of alcohol mixed in and then becomes about five well, the, the bottom the usual bottom amount would be five percent alcohol which is the same as beer mm. uh, but some of them uh, i do notice go up to about seven percent normally yeah. the mass-produced ones which i assume coca-cola will be doing are about five percent they also say it's not just because of the popularity of hard seltzers or alco pops um, but it's also because of new regulations in the U.S. of CBD-infused drinks, which are on the horizon to go into supermarkets and convenience stores, etc. So CBD, that's the, um, the legal extract taken from uh, the cannabis plant, oh. which, is a, which doesn't contain THC, the stuff that people get high from. It contains uh, components which are meant to be uh, good for good for well-being, for both focus and relaxing okay. of people. Um, mm. So that's that, because that because that's uh, been relaxed in the US. That CBD oil can be used quite freely and is in cafes. I've discussed this with Noreen before. And there's a grey area of uh, if it's used in Hong Kong, it's not fully regulated the CBD oil. But one thing's for sure that that that, um, that that they never contain the illegal element, certainly that is very illegal in Hong Kong, which is the THC mm. part of it. Mm. So just to mention, back to Coca-Cola and this Fresca collaboration, um, making an alcoholic uh, drink uh, version of one of its soft drinks, Coke's art arch rival pepsi is also rolling out something similar which i'm I'm sure that they know what each other are doing with something called hard mountain dew and so (laughs) mountain dew yeah mountain dew is quite yes i've heard of that that's quite a popular drink yeah yeah it is you can see this occasionally around hong kong not not as not not as much as some other soft drinks, I would say, but, but it's uh, so hard. Obviously, it's got alcohol in it, but again, it's going to be about 5%. And they're teaming up with the Boston Beer Company, and, and that's happening from February. I don't know if it will be released in February, but that's when uh, Pepsi are uh, talking about their collaboration getting into the process. For, for the one from Coca-Cola, Fresca brand, um, which has been in the U.S. market, by the way, since... 1958 under the coca-cola company as a soft drink so we might not have heard it here i've never seen it or heard of it before reading this report but uh, but it's it's in the mindset of people in america so they hope to make something out of it from there mm. um and uh lastly the consumption in the u.s 
sorry, as lastly in this segment, um, uh, of canned cocktails or mixers grew 52.7% in 2020, that is, year on year from the previous year. So more than 50% increase from, 2000 and, from 2019 when they took the figures in 2020. So that's why they can see there are so many reasons to be forging ahead with soft drinks, with a bit of, with a splash of alcohol in the mix. Now, I don't think I've got time for the next one, so I'll probably have to leave that there for today. That's um, brilliant. Well, some, yeah. there's lots there. My goodness. I've got all the restaurants. I, I just, my last thought is just, I just hope the soft drinks thing and the, mm. you know, these alcohol pop type things just don't yeah. encourage too much drinking among young people. But, you know, because it looks a little bit less hard, it, it doesn't look so harm, uh, harmful as such, you know. Yeah. So that's all. I, I, I agree. If, if, if anyone who uh, does dr- uh, drink cocktails, I know you don't drink alcohol, mm. Sadie, we've discussed it before, mm-hmm. but uh, anyone who does who normally drinks wine or spirits, which have quite a kick. If they have a sweet cocktail, they'll often drink them faster or yes. more. That's adults. Yes, so that's children, right. Totally agree. That's the only thing. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. And uh, again, you're back next week, so I'm sure there'll be uh, things for Noreen <laughs> to talk about. Thank you ever so Indeed. much. Indeed. All right, thank take you. care then. See you then. You too. Right, Bye. time is 2.30, just past 2.30.